Welcome to Stephen Allen's Quick Pro Tips. Today, we're going to talk about etiquette. Allen, when I say etiquette, what do you think? Why is that important? Well, I think if we're going to connect with people and do what we need to do, we need to have similar standards so that we make other people feel comfortable. Yes, and that is exactly the Allen Fire answer I hoped you would give. The Steve (laughs) Shanley answer for why etiquette is important is it helps you get what you want. Whether that's Mm. more friends, winning over people to your way of thinking, or getting seated a little faster at that crowded restaurant. (laughs) And so today, I would like to share some email etiquette tips that will help you leave a good impression, make a connection, all that stuff Alan's talking about, but also help you get what you want. And Alan, what is the very First, most basic thing we want when it comes to sending an email. I kind of want people to open it and yes. look at it. Anymore, that is a huge struggle, right? Because we have yeah. all of this stuff competing for our attention. So Truth. first tip, subject lines are for subjects. We all, including the people reading your email, get lots of messages each day. A good subject will encourage someone to open your message and read it. Ineffective subjects like, hey, or please read, or no subject at all, which often gets sent to spam, will not really invite someone to open the message and read it. It also makes it a lot more difficult as you're scanning your inbox and looking at subjects, trying to decide what do I need to deal with next? Do I deal with the schedule for next year? email or the hey email next. I'm probably going to go with the subject for next year. So use a few words, come up with an effective subject, and it will help ensure people will read it. I've kind of come around with Alan's help to accepting that response requested is okay to use in the subject, but only after the subject of the email itself. So for example, 2024-25 schedule, a response requested. However, I do think it is possible to cram too much into the subject. Don't do this because it makes it harder to read when you use so many words, especially if we are on a device where the subject gets automatically cut off or abbreviated. Sure. Next, use a greeting and include the person's name. Why? It tells them right away if the message is going to just them or if they are part of a group. When I see that I'm part of a group, I'm way more likely to say, yeah, maybe someone else will take care of that or I'll deal with this later. If it's just to me, I'll prioritize it. And if there's no greeting whatsoever, I'm kind of annoyed that I have to look at the to and CC fields to figure out who is getting this message. On this subject, if you've ever heard the phrase, it's better to be overdressed than underdressed, the same logic applies here. It's unlikely that Alan will be offended if he receives an email that starts with, Dear Mr. Fire, even though Alan prefers people call him Alan. Totally. However, there are a lot of people who are the opposite, that you call them by their first name and you don't know them very well or at all, and they'll be annoyed by that. So err on the side of, Dear Mr. Fire, that's you're never going to go wrong with that. 
So what if you are sending a message to multiple people? I think a few things here. First, unless there is a need for a group reply all conversation, put all of their addresses in the BCC or blind carbon copy field, which will prevent the annoying thanks message that someone sends to the whole group, cluttering up all the inboxes. Then for the greeting, you can simply start with dear all or all or dear fifth grade teachers or whatever. Dear All helps the reader know they are a part of a group, which is important, especially when you are using that BCC field for multiple addresses. Do you want a response? Please use the word please. Please. When you say, let me know, or thanks in advance, both kind of imply that the reader has no choice in the matter. And for anyone who has ever had a toddler in their life, we know that humans naturally prefer to feel like they have a say in things. Then the sign-off. Sign your name how you'd like to be addressed by the recipient. Do you want your students to call you Mr. Fire, but you prefer the parents of your students call you Alan? Email is a great way to help reinforce these habits. Don't leave this off. I know it seems obvious since your email address tells them who you are, but again, it never hurts to be polite or reinforce how you'd like the recipient to address you. It's in that same uh, vein as the, you know, better to be overdressed than underdressed. For sure. Then the reply. First of all, the reply all. Don't do it, please. <laughs> Unless there is a very compelling reason to reply all, please don't. Then how do you know whether or not to reply if they don't ask you for a reply? And my rule is this. If they don't ask for a reply, but the nature of the subject is sensitive enough that it would be helpful for the person to know that you received it and understand, reply to say that you understand. If it's just quick day-to-day -day communications, FYI, low-stakes stuff, I think it's better to read it and archive it rather than clutter up that other person's inbox with a thanks response. Then finally, four other kind of smaller things, but can be big things. General rule of thumb, write good things, and if you have bad things to convey, say them. Don't put them in writing. Guessing Alan would agree. Oh, 100%. 100%. Another tip, if you are forwarding a message to someone, so Alan sends me a message, I'm like, oh, get a load of this guy, and I want my wife to see it, and I forward it to her. I suggest changing the subject line so Gmail or your other clients don't group it together with the original, which can sometimes result in the wrong person seeing something you hadn't intended. And then finally, these go for any type of writing. Use the fewest words possible and use correct mechanics. And also, Alan's rule with exclamation points. Alan, I'll let you take this one. Never use more or fewer exclamation marks than your correspondent. If somebody writes you an email and it has two exclamation marks in it, make sure there are two, exactly two exclamation marks in your response. Then you will match their level of exuberance. What about if I'm writing to you for the first time and I don't know how you feel about those? Zero exclamation marks in the first email. It's only in responses. If somebody's using exclamation marks in an email to you, Go ahead and use the same number in your response. Otherwise, they'll think you're mad. Exactly. And, and you nailed it. Like, why should we care about this? Some people are a little bit more formal and just think those should not ever be used, whereas other people are very used to using them in texts or instant messaging or whatever. And 
if they see a message without them at all, it feels a little curt or abrupt. To test your knowledge, Alan, if this whole pro tip episode were to be an email, what would an example of a good subject be? Thoughts? Question mark. No. <laughs> Try again. Email etiquette pointers for you. I'll take it. You'd leave out the for you, wouldn't you? I would, yes. Stephen Allen's Pro Tips in a Short Time Learn A Lot.